Hello, and welcome to Short Takes on Tech, the podcast that brings you quick insights into the latest innovations in the produce and floral industry. I'm your host, Vani Estes, the VP of Innovation at the International Fresh Produce Association. We're thrilled to kick off a special season recorded live at the Global Produce and Floral Show in Anaheim last October. Picture this, the vibrant atmosphere of the trade show, the podcast booth located right by registration, and the unmistakable buzz of excitement from industry professionals. It was an incredible experience, and we've captured the essence of it in this season. Throughout the upcoming episodes, we'll be sharing two to four interviews in each episode featuring discussion with experts from new companies and pioneers in cutting-edge technologies within the industry. These bite-sized conversations are designed to give you quick glimpses into the companies solving our biggest problems in the produce and floral industry. Feel free to skip around and explore the topics that pique your interest. Each interview is approximately 10 minutes long, making it easy for you to stay informed in the midst of your busy schedule. So whether you're a seasoned professional in the field or just curious about the latest developments, we've got something for everyone in this season. Thank you for joining us on Short Takes on Tech. Let's dive into the world of innovation and discovery together. Stay tuned for insights that could shape the future of the produce and floral industry. Hello, tech enthusiasts, and welcome to Short Takes on Tech from The Global Show. I'm your host, Bonnie Estes, Vice President of Innovation at IFPA. In today's episode, we're shining a spotlight on the transformative Fresh Field Catalyst Accelerator Program. This initiative brings together 12 cutting edge companies, each with products on the cusp of commercialization within the next one to two years. Navigating the vast landscape of our industry can be daunting. The Accelerator Program serves as an on-ramp for these groundbreaking technologies to address our most challenging and pressing issues. For more information on the program, please listen to episode one of this series. Now let's dive into the heart of today's episode. Our first featured company is Spornado, led by Christine White, the CEO. Spornado offers an early alert system for crop diseases, revolutionizing how we approach agriculture. Next on the roster, we have Phytico, a biotech company based in Belgium. Let's hear from Guillaume Wegria, the co-founder and CEO. And finally, we have Arable, led by James Ethington, the CEO. Arable brings us crop intelligence from the heart of San Francisco, California. Hi, I'm Bonnie Estes, and I'm your host for Fresh Takes on Tech, and we're doing short takes on tech, 10-minute conversations with fabulous companies live in Anaheim at the show, which is super exciting. You can look outside the window and see all these people registering, and there's just so much buzz going on. So this is very cool to be in this fishbowl, right, Christine? Yes, it is. (laughs) A little intimidating. So my guest that I have now is Christine, and I'm going to have her introduce herself and her company. Hi, thanks, Bonnie. My name is Christine White, and I am the CEO and co-founder of Spornado. And we are changing the way pesticides are used. Uh, We have an early alert system for disease that farmers can use to uh, determine if disease is in the air long before they see it on the crops. And what this is doing is it's allowing them to use their fungal pesticides more effectively and, importantly, more sustainably. Great. 
So what stage are you in the company? Are you still in development? Are you in sales? What, where are you? So we're commercialized in a handful of crops. We got our start in potato with the devastating disease of late blight. And that's where we got our start. And since then, we have branched out to a number of different crops that we have uh, commercial sales in, such as tomatoes, grapes. And then we're in development phase for a number of other crops leafy greens, apple, strawberries. So uh, it depends on the crop uh, and the, the phase that we're in. And are you commercial in all of North America or focused mostly on Canada? Or? Yeah. So while we're based in Toronto, in, in Ontario, we do have sales across North America, in Europe. And for the first time, we have some samplers in Brazil this year. Oh, excellent. Yeah. And how are you selling direct or... How is that working? Yeah, so we have a, a number of, of ways that we do reach the market. Generally speaking, when we are in a, a new crop, we start out with uh, researchers doing independent research, you know, either from universities or from government agencies. And then from there, uh, when we go into commercial sales, it's either directly through a grower, but a lot of the times it's also through uh, agronomists. They will use our system as a value add for their clients. Ah. Yeah, and then finally, we're developing partnerships with a number of retailers that, you know, this can help their agronomists make better recommendations. And the chemical companies themselves actually partner with us to uh, do research or, or even just to help their clients use their products more effectively. So it's kind of a new way of doing things. How do you get over the barriers of people saying, I don't believe this could work? Yeah, well, um, we have a lot, of, a lot of wind behind our back helping in terms of first regulations. You know, growers every year are losing access to chemicals through regulations, you know. So we have that um, that's, that's helping adoption. We have the fact that a lot of growers are trying to grow more sustainably, you know, that this is becoming very important to only use the chemicals when they really need them. Mm -hmm. And then finally... More targeted use is becoming more important every day because the chemicals that they're using are becoming resistant. You know, the diseases rather are becoming resistant to the chemicals, uh -huh. in part due to their overuse and, you know, maybe not ideal timing of use. So, yeah. That's exciting. So what's on your horizon? What are some of the things that you're looking forward to doing and that are coming up? One of the things we're very excited about, we just finished a uh, two-year research project, is looking at fungicide resistance. So basically what we can do, we can collect our air sample, and through a uh, molecular test, we can tell if the genes are present that indicate that that disease is going to be resistant to the chemical. So, wow. yeah, so not over, only can we help growers decide when to spray or not, we can, in the future, help them pick which chemical is going to work the best. So we're pretty excited. So how do, how do you do that? How does that work? Again, it's a, it's a pretty standard molecular test now. Our, the tests that we use or that our laboratory uses is the, virtually the same technology as our COVID tests were. Uh -huh. yeah. So there's lots of labs out there that can do it. And um, yeah, it's simple and really inexpensive now. Wow, that's very cool. Yeah. So you were in the Freshfield Catalyst Accelerator this year. So happy to have you. What was that experience like for you? And what... What did you learn? Did you did it inform any way going to market differently, or what? What are some of the positive things that happened? 
I mean, one of the overall benefits was learning about the market, you know, because we kind of get focused on maybe just the the agronomy side of it, you know, because we're talking to agronomists a lot. But this really, uh, our experience, our road trip up the <laughs> up California on the bus, a lot of fun, jam packed with information. I got to learn about every part of the the value chain. From packaging to you know uh, packing to growing, and that was really useful to get a big picture of the industry and see different ways we can fit into it. So that was fantastic. Is there any particular insight you got that made you think about marketing differently or di- going maybe into different crops? Or definitely opened our eyes to different crops for sure. Yeah, definitely, and just our overall approach. You saw like. Every step of the way, there's a sincere motivation of the industry to do things more sustainably. So that was really encouraging. Yeah, that was yeah. super loud and clear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how did the mentorship program go for you? It's been fantastic. We've had a really good experience with our mentor. And the exciting thing is, is, you know, so with the program, you get paired up with one mentor, but that grows really quickly, you know, because they're introducing us to more people, you know, that are helping us and that are, you know, in turn mentoring us. You know, they're like, even if we never do business with you, call us anytime. We'll help. The ag industry is really strong on supporting each other. Huh. That's interesting. Was that surprising to you? Uh, like a grower network or just a, just a big network? Just a big network, like yeah. it, even outside the growers, you know. Yeah. They're very supportive and willing to take time to help and to talk to you, share their knowledge. That's interesting because we hear from a lot of startups that say this, and that, that's part of the reason that we have the accelerator because we hear from startups that say, they look at the produce industry and they go, oh my God, I can't, how do I even approach that? There's like so many different crops and so many different people. And, and sometimes, you know, I've heard people say that they felt like it was kind of insular and it was hard to get in, but I guess you just, you need a toe in, right? You do. <laughs> yeah. You need somebody to help you make those introductions. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Because everybody, everybody wants to talk to Taylor Farms and Driscoll's, and, yep. you know. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that, that, that's one of the reasons we started the accelerator to to just help get great technologies like yours into the industry where it just might get passed over because there's so many other phone calls and you can only answer so many emails. So yeah. absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Great. yeah. But what are you expecting from the show? And talk about your booth and kind of how it's been in the first what hour. <laughs> You know what? The traffic's been amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's great. We have a nice little stand. I took a picture. It almost looks like a game show set. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're all there. It's great. It's great meeting the other companies, you know, because it's not just the accelerator companies that are here. You have other startups here, so it's been good to meet them. There's often synergies with us. And then, yeah, we've just had a great flow of traffic. We've met, you know, we've made connections already that uh, we're going to follow up on. So it's oh, pretty exciting. That is so good exciting. first hour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's we've been trying to do a lot of things over in that area to to draw traffic in. We've got a I'm doing a fireside chat this afternoon with Elliot Grant, and then we're having a celebration this afternoon, and so we're really trying to to bring that community together and bring people together. So we're really excited about that group. And yeah, I went I haven't been over there today yet, but I went over yesterday, and I just love the setup. Yeah. You know, we we changed it a lot from yeah. last year, so it looks much better. And it's really helpful from a startup point of view. You know, because we we didn't even have to bring much. You know, so yeah. you guys set it all up for us. You even did our signage, and that's really appreciative. <laughs> yeah, that's great. 
Okay. Well, it was great to talk to you, and I will see you on and off the rest of the show. Thank Thanks you so for being much. here. Thanks. Thanks. We are live from the IFPA Global Floral and Produce Show, and so excited to be here. This is the first interview, so we're just getting going. We're going to do 16 of these podcast interviews really quick just to hear about companies and what they're doing, what they're excited about. So I am going to turn it over to my first guest to introduce yourself and your company. Yeah, hi, Vonnie. My name is Guillaume. I'm uh, from Belgium. Uh, we're a company which is called Phytico. And uh, we actually are R&D kind of company, so we are a biotech company, and we're developing new crop inputs that are fully bio-based. Very exciting. So you were in the Fresh Field Catalyst Accelerator program this year. The company was selected amongst many other companies to be a part of our program, which is a six-month program, and tomorrow is the graduation and, and the company will be finished. But I just wanted to hear about what that's been like for you and, and how has it helped the company and just some of your thoughts about the program. So maybe also we are a bit different than a lot of different uh, participants uh, from, uh, from this program because we're based in Europe. We started to be a little commercial in Europe quite recently. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually this program was for us the opportunity to learn a lot about the US. So the main task, I mean, the main objective for us was to get market access, understand better actually how the market is working here. We already have some previous experience mostly in, in the Midwest or on the east side uh, of, the, of the country. Mm -hmm. So really this program really enabled us actually to uh, to understand really the West Coast agriculture, uh, the high value crop system, can we really, with our technology, come and really help some of the issue you are facing here? Hmm. And what, what, what did you find out? Oh, uh, plenty of things. No, no, it's, uh, it's, it's quite different. Also, uh, one, one big takeaway from uh, Denis, which came uh, instead of me for most of the, of the workshops and, uh, and everything linked to the accelerator, was actually that the market here is quite different from the one in Europe. Uh, the way it's organized, it's also different. It's not always the same kind of, uh, let's say, things are not happening the same way. So there are, let's say, behind it, there are big corporates that could really lead to uh, adoption of your product. So you can think about a push and pull kind of marketing, getting in touch with, let's say, um, the retail industry, uh, the people that are actually selling food, that's a bit why also we're here, uh -huh. compared to uh, normally we're mostly into the crop input, I would say agrochemicals kind of uh, industry. It's a bit different. Mm -hmm. uh, so is it different in like how the product is used and adopted like at the farm level or is it more different in kind of the distribution and supply chain and, and collaboration? What, what mm. are some of the... Or everything. <laughs> yeah, it's a good question because we're not really there. I mean, for Fitico is quite a, let's say, upstream kind of company, if you want. Yeah. Uh, so we R&D manufacturer, and then we have, let's say, global distributors or okay. seed companies. The, our two main uh, go-to-market strategy are the seed industry. So we partner up with big seed companies, like big world leader uh -huh. <laughs> seed companies, which are today selling the product in Europe, Africa, Eastern Europe, Ukraine, and maybe soon the U.S., uh -huh. uh, and then distributor of another product, which is a foliar spray, uh -huh. uh, that which is a bit more fit for this kind of market, for the fresh products. There, actually, we are uh, working here in the U.S. We just signed a, a deal for distribution with uh, Janssen's PMP, so it's a subsidiary of Johnson & Johnson, oh. which is going to put our product on the market. But they are 
uh, reselling the product to retailers and more local players. So they, you see that we are quite upfront. Yeah, they yeah. act as a, it's not middlemen, but uh, in some way, uh, we need this kind of company to, um, let's say, make some of the marketing, some of the proof also that the product is actually working on those kind of products. And that was a work of around two years with them uh, oh, to see that wow. it's working on on citrus, on uh, vineyards, on apple and different things because initially our product was mainly on, uh, on row crop and targeting idric stress and things like that. So it's, it's something that was uh, developed the last two years. Oh. And it's very recent, this deal, so it's pretty in line with uh, being here today. So yeah. that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's great. Well, it's been great having you part of the program. And, and we, have, we have found working with a number of companies from different countries that that is been a benefit it's just kind of access and understanding of the market and and that's that's great for us because it brings more different kinds of technologies in so if you were going to recommend the program to someone say in europe are there companies that you think could get some sort of advantage out of being in the program well clearly yes but the first thing is that you need to want to come into the uh, US market. That's yeah. the first thing. If, you, yeah. if that's your objective, then yeah, first it's it's a first point. But then uh, it's true that uh, we see that predominantly it's food industry related. Uh-huh. So everybody in the food industry. But even for other companies that are developing new technology related to crops or crop inputs, honestly, it's a, it's a nice experience. And um, I say our team really learned a lot, uh, visiting even for us like uh, Bayer Seminis. Uh-huh. which is interesting to see uh, how it's different or not from the, the plants we know in Europe. Having, let's say, contact with even uh, Bonduel, which is actually, <laughs> let's say, European, but uh, the uh, operation here, which are quite big and uh-huh. uh, can also lead to a kind of adoption of the product on, on different ways. Uh, we've seen that uh, there are some action in sustainability, different than the one in Europe. The way they address the point is a bit huh. different sometimes. Say more about that. But Let I mean... See. From what I understood, exactly, I wasn't in this meeting, yeah. but uh, there are some clear uh, KPIs that actually uh, Bonduel is, let's say, pushing towards, uh, let's say, the, the producers. And that leads to, let's say, to adoption of better practices. In Europe, it's the same maybe on the potatoes industries and some big industries that are, let's say, I would call them consolidated in some way. But still, there's a big, big push in Europe from the public opinion and from the government, which is not the case so much here, I think. It's a bit different, uh, but uh, that's my my takeaway. It's not really... Uh, yeah. No, I, I think that's true. It was interesting, you know, at the show in London, the World Agritech show in London, I, I noticed some of those differences too in the way people were responding to what they had to do and more government push type of thing. So. And that, that's a bit, uh, I don't know if we really have the time, but that's a bit... A specific thing is that actually we have a quicker go-to-market here in the U.S. We are a European-based company. I think the U.S. is more prone towards innovation, to uh-huh. letting new product on the market. You see that in, in GM crop, for instance. But in Europe, we are very, let's say, reluctant. From the moment it's new, from everything, we put a lot of legislation. And at the same time, we are, uh, say, so about the environment and everything. And it's... It's a duality, which is a bit problematic, I think, in Europe for the moment. Yeah, I think, especially since we're talking about just about um, <laughs> gene editing and GM and some of those things, that it, it, it seems like the the climate issues are kind of, they are fighting back and forth now. And a lot of people in Europe are like, well, one of the 
ways we can solve our issues with climate change is to develop is to accept these new technologies and but we don't want to do that because we have all these other rules so what do you think will win out what's your uh, uh, <laughs> that's a big question what will win out i think is climate change but uh yeah i think yeah. it's starting to be a bit late to really uh really be really active on that but, yeah uh, but that's uh, i mean we are very let's say environmental minded company already coming here is uh or part of the team is a sacrifice because we put a lot of CO2 in <laughs> just taking the plane to come here. But yeah. I think we're doing it for a better good. I hope so. And if people use more bio products, if we actually are helping farmers to mitigate uh, yield and food security kind of risk linked to climate change, I think we're going in the right direction. So it's the show hasn't really even started. It starts tomorrow, <laughs> but you get kind of a sense. What do you think of the show and kind of you know the atmosphere and everything? Well, honestly, first it's it's big. Yeah, it's very big. Uh, you've been to the world, Agritech, uh, <laughs> two two weeks ago. We met there. Actually, we go to a lot of crop input kind of industry show. It's a bit more yeah, upstream, a bit more uh, exclusive. Uh, here, I think there's producer, there's uh, people from the food industry, a few from crop input, I think. Uh -huh. A lot around, uh, let's say, a new let's say robotics, crops, uh, uh, let's say drones and things like that. So it's it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and see a lot of motivated people. Uh, so it's uh, it's like, a, how do you say that in English? The, you know, bees uh, going <laughs> around, so anyway, impressive. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what do you hope to get out of the show? What, what are some of your goals? Uh, that's, honestly, there's really uh, two goals for us. The first is to, to raise awareness. Uh, that's important for a small uh, startup company, uh -huh. especially since we, we're coming with this uh, distribution deal with uh, a quite bigger company now. Uh -huh. To put people in contact, if they are producers, if they are people that are interested in new biotech uh, use, but then we can actually put them in contact with them and get access to the product because it's now going to take a bit of time to really be in the field. Uh, there's going to be demo, there's going to be, right. it, you know how it goes in yeah. agriculture, it's a very slow market. Yeah. That's one of the first aim and the second is to also understand what are the needs here. Can we push maybe a bit more on something? How can we change adoption rate and things like that? But, uh, I think we're going to have fun. That's also part of the program. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, excellent. Thank you for being part of the program and thanks for being on the podcast and yeah. really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks and thanks good luck. Thanks for the question. Yeah, let's see. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and we are here live in Anaheim at the Global Show, taping live and having great conversations with companies and people and just kind of hearing about what's going on at the show and who's here. And it's a great opportunity just to highlight companies and, and hear the new innovation. So welcome, Jim. Great to have you. I'm going to turn it over to you and let you describe your company and yourself. Great. Well, Bonnie, thank you for, for having us. This is an amazing show and we're, we're very excited to be here. Jim Ethington, I'm the CEO of Arable. Just a little bit about Arable. We are a IoT-powered crop intelligence company. And so what does that mean? We provide solutions to, to growers and to agribusinesses to help them to be more efficient in how they make decisions on the farm uh, about irrigation, you know, crop protection, how and when to harvest, things like that. Uh, we do that by putting out sensors to get really good data in an easy way, feeding that into a system of decision tools uh, that makes it really easy in the palm of your hand to see what's happening with the crop in your field, 
understand how to optimize those decisions, and also get an overall view of an operation that may span you know, many counties or even countries, and to therefore be able to optimize and reduce risk, be more efficient, uh, be more sustainable is a big part of what a lot of our customers are trying to do, save water, use less inputs, and, and ultimately to be more productive. And so uh, this is a really fun show for us to be at. We see some of our customers have people coming up to say hi to us at our booth, and uh, we're excited to be here. Excellent. So you are commercial now. You're selling into the industry now. We are, uh, and we definitely have some customers who are here. We work you know, in some of the up and down California and some of the fresh produce areas, as well as you know, around, around the world. We do, um, we do some work in, in wine grapes as well and in, uh, in corn and soybeans. So, but this is a big part of our, our business and our market, and so uh, it's a, a great show for us to be at. Oh, excellent. So do you, you started in row crops, right? Isn't that where you started? We did. Uh, my career actually goes back in agriculture probably a good 15 years, and I'm from Illinois, and so I was surrounded by corn uh, yeah. and, as I drove around. And so when I started my career in agriculture, it was, it was predominantly in corn and soybeans. And for arable, you know, we've always been in, involved in the more in the specialty crop side. And, okay. you know, there's for a product like ours where you're getting really good real-time data about what's happening in the field, it does pair well with crops that have more frequent and complex decisions. And mm. so a lot of the produce crops, you're really worried about quality. You want to provide enough water, but not too much, you know, which can bring on disease or, or other problems or quality issues, water content issues. So you know, a lot of crops like tomatoes are a, a real strong fit for us, and we've been in for a long time because uh, potatoes as well, everything kind of has to stay in the middle of the zone. Mm-hmm. You know, too, uh, too much is a problem, too little is a problem. And so having good data to power those decisions, what, it, what we hear from our customers is, you know, they know what they're doing. They've been doing this for a while, uh, but it's really helpful, especially in a world of a changing climate and more extremes, to have a tool in the toolbox that helps them make those decisions faster be more confident in what they're doing and see that kind of all at once at all their fields without having to drive around. So that's really uh, the fit and why we, we do um, you know, quite a bit of work on these, these crops that are very high value and complex to manage. And how long has the company been around for? So Arable has been around since uh, it's about 2016 with our, our product. And so that's um, you know, about seven years now. Wow. So you were a little early. There seems to be a lot of people that, a lot of companies that realize how important this is and are entering the market now. What do you say is your competitive advantage compared to everyone else that's jumping in and saying, (laughs) data? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, just uh, the very simple one is what we do in terms of, you know, putting devices out in the field. It's, It's hard to keep, you know, outdoor connected electronics working on a farm. Very harsh environment, it's super hot, a lot of places it gets super cold, it's wet all the time, there's equipment moving around, there's bugs, there's dust. And so we've learned our lessons uh, the hard way out in the field. Uh, And so, and one of the things that I've learned uh, over my career is one of the most important things about products in this space, they have to work really, really well. Mm. Uh, Our customers are super busy. They're running a business and they make high dollar decisions based off this data. These are very, very important decisions that we help them with. And so the bar for quality is extremely high, as it should be. And uh, you know, that's one of the things we've learned is how high that bar is and how to get over it. And when we go out and work with a customer and it's a seamless and flawless experience, they're super happy. We do really well. They do really well. And so you know, what I would say to, to other folks who are, who are in the market is just make sure you understand where that bar is with your customers and don't stop till you, you get there. And if you get there, they'll, they'll love you. In the amount of time that you've been in the market, have you seen... Shorter sales cycle, faster mm. adoption. Is there a trend towards people really understanding the value of data 
more so than when you first started? Yeah, I mean, I would say the, the big difference is the percentage of the market that is leaned in and, and knows that they want to do this already. We, we start a lot of conversations with people already having decided that they are going to be increasing the, the degree to which they use data in their decision making, increasing the degree of data that they have about their operation. So how much water do, is actually applied across all my fields? Not you know, roughly or at some central pump, but each and every one of these blocks, how much am I applying? They know they want that problem solved and they know that needs data. And so we're already over that hump, whereas yeah, you go back even three, four years, they may have had the question like, is data useful? What am I, am I gonna be able to get something out of it? I don't yeah. know, so that's a big tailwind, is yeah. that yeah, more people true. have, they've already come to the conclusion that if I'm not using data, I'm falling behind. There's gonna be winners and losers here and I'm gonna be ahead of the curve. Yeah, you know, we're definitely not to the point where it's sort of uh, market-wide and everybody's adopted. I still think you know, a relatively small percentage of the decisions in agriculture actually get made with real data powering the decision. We're getting there and people are looking at it, but yeah. it's not central just yet on a very large percentage, which is, just means there's a lot of work for companies like us to do to continue to, to improve, and there's a, a lot of market still to go. I think one of the things I'm seeing that's interesting is that as people are looking more at climate smart and being more sustainable, is it, we used to just look at yield, you know, yeah. like what's the yield, what's the yield? And now we're looking at what's the yield per how much water and how much input of yeah. nutrition or how much. And so now that we start to have tools that we can see like how much water, you know, per pound of strawberries and yeah. those types of things, I think that's driving people to see there really is value. Whereas yeah. before it was more like, well, what was the yield? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's spot on. And uh, what you get into, when once you find out that that's a really valuable number, we don't have the data to do that, you know, uh, on the vast majority of the market. And yeah. it's, you know, it's doable. But, and the other thing I think that we find is now that I have that data, I can look across, you know, 20 fields and be like, huh, why am I getting a higher ratio of yield on this one? And well, I'm applying a lot more water here, but not getting any more yield. Why is this? Maybe I should go back and think about my operational decisions. And so once you have that data, you find that it's, it's illuminating yeah. on uh, cost savings, yeah. uh, risk management, simple to, uh, you know, labor management, things like that, that, that save money. And that's particularly important to growers here in 2013, where there's a lot of pressures on, on all sides of the business. So you were in the Freshfield Catalyst Accelerator program this year. And uh, so tell us about your experience and kind of some things that happened and yep. things that you learned. You know, for me, the highlight was probably the immersion week uh -huh. where you know, we went out and saw, I don't know, it was 20, at least 20. 13. Different, 13 different <laughs> companies. Felt like 20. Um, yeah, there are many people at each of those yeah, stops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, just the ability to get out and be on the farm or at people's office or place of business or plant and hear from them their real challenges and what works, what doesn't, what are the parameters of what you know, they could use and not use and ask them questions and make those connections and now have them to be able to you know, email and follow up. I learned so much and, and made a lot of really valuable uh, connections into the industry. Also, it was just a, a lot of fun. You know, I've been catching up with all the people who are on the trip and oh, it's really fun to reconnect with them, see how they're doing, see how their business is doing. And so both in terms of value and just enjoyment, that was, that was awesome. Like the ongoing program, also super helpful. There's like always something interesting and useful to us coming up every every two weeks, and then being here at the show, also. But it and it all it started with that week, and so the the kickoff was uh, was a really great way to start it all. Yeah, I love that week. Everyone loves that week. Yeah. Is there 
anyone you would particularly, not a particular company, but types of companies that you would suggest the program to that you think would get value out of it? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one of the a group that I would suggest is folks who are, who think they, they may have a product that's a fit for, you know, for the fresh produce industry or a particular segment of it. It's a great way to learn a lot very quickly about whether or not that hypothesis is correct. Yeah, um, and to also to answer the questions of, probably the answer is, well, you're not exactly where you need to be for this market yet, but you can get a quick answer to what are the things we're going to need to do. Yeah. And so Instead that, of spending five years strategizing yeah. about that. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. five years strategizing or to say, hey, I think we can do something. I'm going to go hire two salespeople and invest in that. Yeah. This is a way to make sure you know exactly the path that's going to get you there. And so, the, you know, any company that's got a, a strong hypothesis that this may be a really, and it's an incredible market. I mean, it's one of the, the biggest markets in all of agriculture, customers who are willing and able to adopt technology and have a lot of problems. You know? Yeah, so definitely. They bring, they bring the problems, you bring the solutions. And so I would, I would encourage anybody who thinks they have a, a really strong fit in this market, but maybe isn't sure. Yeah. You know, this could be a really fast, effective way for your company to get on the right path very quickly. Great. Thanks. What do you hope to get out of the show? Oh, I mean, I, I think number one probably is uh, learning. I've been talking to a ton of people, both some of the other uh, startup companies here, also a lot of the you know, food and produce companies who are here. So uh, it's a great chance to learn, make connections. And also, I think it's just a, a fascinating way to take in the full breadth of this industry. You know, a lot of shows we go to are pretty focused on our segment of yeah. Ag tech, tech talking yeah, to ag tech. Technology <laughs> and things like that. And, yeah. and, you know, even sort of on-farm technology, which is kind of where we live. But to see everything that goes into the food and agriculture world all in one place, it's mind-blowing. And it also helps put everything that we do in context and, you know, remind ourselves that um, this is one of the most important industries on Earth that's big and complex, has many different components to it. And uh, the more you understand that, the better you're able to, to fit into it in the right way. Yeah, great. Well, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Well, it's great to talk to you. And thank thanks you. for being here. Yeah, thank you again for having us in the, in the program and at the show. This has been really, really fascinating and fantastic. Great. All right. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Mike. And that's a wrap for this episode of Short Takes on Tech, recorded live at the Global Produce and Floral Show in Anaheim. We hope you enjoyed these brief but insightful glimpses into the world of innovation shaping our industry. As we close this episode, we invite you to mark your calendars and make plans to attend the 2024 show in Atlanta. It's sure to be another fantastic opportunity to connect with industry leaders, discover groundbreaking technologies, and stay at the forefront of what's happening in produce and floral. Cheers to the exciting future ahead. Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you more short takes on tech in the episodes to come. Until next time, stay curious and stay innovative.